And they also introduce they introduce this mi- microwave gun that basically cooks the people alive, which is really kind of gruesome, but really cool. It's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, and then you know the, the plasmids are uh, nothing that we haven't seen before. Um, oh, I think boy. the freezing one was was not in uh, Bioshock Infinite, but it was in the original Bioshock. Um, and oh my gosh, the ending of the DLC, such cliffhanger, so drama. Uh, wow! If you didn't like the ending of Bioshock. This is 8-Bit, episode 54, Such a Gold Digger, on Saturday, November 23rd, 2013. And now, you mean those women? This episode is hosted by Ian Bach and Ian Decker. Oh my, oh my, it's been a busy weekend. Do tell. So, this weekend, um, it seems, actually, yeah, no, almost every single one of the musical groups that I play in here at school decided to have its concert this weekend. I had... Um, the wind band or the wind orchestra concert yesterday, and then today I had both the jazz band concert and um, I played a couple pieces in um, a small group concert uh, with my saxophone quartet. After which my mother cried from pride because those were some of the most difficult pieces she had ever heard me. Well, the most difficult pieces she had ever heard me play. Wow. Yeah, it was. It, it's been a big weekend. So don't, don't those groups, like, talk to each other at all? Because you're all in the same department. They're all in the same department. They're all, pardon me, the members of all those groups are, well, everyone who's in the jazz band, I believe, is also in the wind orchestra. <laughs> and all the members of the sax quartet are in the wind orchestra, except for our alto player, but that's just because he's the actual professor. Mm. Um, and so it's kind of hard for him to be in a college-sponsored group. You know? Sure. We just needed an alto player, and he was like, yeah, I'll do it. Tell him the next semester. But, so I am pooped, but oh god, was it... Well, okay. That part of the weekend was fun. Was there another part of the weekend? Because that sounds like most of it. There was spaces in between that, which was spent worrying, but we can talk about that on the fridge. Okay. <laughs> yeah, my week has mostly been taken up by, oh my gosh, Assassin's Creed 4 is out. I'm going to play that like every waking hour that I'm not in classes or doing homework. Which has been turning out all right. <laughs> and you seem to have a lot more of those waking moments than I do. Well, yeah, and th- that might also explain why I can actually edit the show notes uh, during the week before yeah. you know we get here to uh, to do the show. But you know, <laughs> I'm not I'm not making references to anybody's. Uh... Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's go to the headline. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping that. <laughs> I love you so much, Ian. <laughs> and I'm so love glad you that you're here. This love show, you too. This show not... wouldn't happen without you. I, I, well, it, it could probably still happen without me. It Definitely would be so not without boring, you. Boring though. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't be uh, motivated to do it if you hadn't, you know, been with me that summer and you know come up with all of these ideas for this show. So yeah. Anyway. So have you heard of Amazon? No. Wait. You mean those women that? <laughs> yeah, they did a few things. Um. So the the company Amazon, based in the very not rainforesty place of uh of Washington. 
uh, have decided to get into the cloud streaming base business with AppStream, which works pretty much exactly like OnLive, except that it seems to be geared more towards like mobile developer game developers. Um, so it'll be available. Actually, I think it's available already on Android, iOS, Kindle, and Windows, with OS X coming in 2014. Cool. So obviously, from the consumer standpoint, we don't have to worry about that at all. It's no. you know just the developers who make games and and you know high end applications that are need to be compatible with it. Yes, but that, hopefully that shouldn't be too hard. I mean, if yeah. it's set up similar to like Steam and whatnot, which now has, well, which has for a while had things has also had things that aren't strictly games. Right. Yeah. I'm taking that bandaid off. Most of them are gaming related, though. Like you know, 3D benchmark programs and game ma- game maker, whatever. That was yeah. the most interesting sound I've ever com- heard coming out of your mouth. Sorry, that was that was a it was an ouch, but it was like this is a more annoying than hurting ouch. It sounded like a cat. Cow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ow, 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 ow. <laughs> oh my god. But. No, sorry, my, my shoes decided to wear a hole in the back of my ankle, so I decided to throw a bandit on over that. Yeah, I have I have that problem too. I put some uh duct tape on the shoe over that spot so that it wouldn't rub so much. I did sort of the opposite. I put on a band aid, then I put on duct tape on my ankle over that spot <laughs> where it was rubbing to, <laughs> to prevent that from happening. Nice. It's, just, it's like a one day thing. I mean it's it's I wear those shoes for my concerts. Mm. Well, these are, these are my regular walking shoes, so I kind of yeah. have to, yeah. Yeah. I needed a permanent solution. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. All right. So, everyone's favorite mobile game. Not Angry Birds. Um, Dots. Um, Super Hexagon. Yeah, you keep thinking that. Um, <laughs> Plants vs. Zombies is coming out with a new installment, and in all honesty, I am super pumped for it. It looks like a mix of Star Wars Battlefront and um, and sort of, a, I guess, almost MOBA-esque gameplay. Yeah, it's it's third-person shooter. Um, what what platforms is this on? Because it's gonna be a it's coming out to 360 first, but they also have announced that they plan on bringing it out to PC. Okay, so um, this isn't going to be a mobile game. No, this is not going to be a mobile game. This is going to be an actual game game for consoles. An actual um, game. Wow, that's Insulting to the mobile mobiles. Uh, I don't, know. I don't count. <laughs> <laughs> but so I'm I'm actually really really excited. It sounds really fun. So as I said, it's it's similar to Battlefront uh, in that the objective is to get a certain number of kills for your team, and you get to choose obviously either plants or zombies. And then on each team, you also get to choose a class that has its own unique abilities. So it's a it's a third person class based shooter um, that's on the um, that's on the death. Uh, I don't even remember the name of the mode, but just go and kill everything on the enemy team. Um, like deathmatch? Deathmatch, thank you. That's what I was looking for. Um, like Half-Life 2 deathmatch? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what you can do in the game is, um, right now when, when the guy who where I was reading this, uh, when he had been playing it, there had only been a few things available because it was the demo, but they all, I know that they have um, planned different... Um, Objectives that you can do that will unlock certain. Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it because it's it's not all just visual updates. Some of them actually change your abilities too, hmm. 
or you can equip them and have them change your abilities. So like with the Sunflower, what you can apparently do is you can do rapid fire, hit you with electricity thing. Wait, um, Sunflowers but, are now offensive? Yeah. Oh, jeez. They're also healing. They also do lots of healing. Support class, cool. Support class. Um, but, um, so the Sunflowers can do that. You can either do rapid fire electricity, or you can do one of those challenges and unlock an item that will allow you to um, do, like, chain lightning. Now, is this is this purely multiplayer, or will there be, like, single-player modes that you can go and play as well? I think it's going to be purely multiplayer, okay. but to prevent, um, to prevent just the absolute raffle stomp of noobs, um, they'll be, have, like, a tra- training mode or something? They have something called a welcoming mat hmm. mode, where only people who are level 10 and under can enter it. Okay. So it's purely multiplayer, but it's also designed a little bit to make sure that it's not just a whole big slap in the face. Um, and the reason why I was saying it was like League of Legends is in many ways, or in many ways, is that each class, um, aside from just its own weapons, also has its own unique abilities. So like I said, the Sunflower does a lot of healing stuff. It can go and straight up heal allies. It can drop um, pots. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was, but pots of some flower or another nearby and any or any allies nearby will sit and um, get their health back from that. So it seems goofy, it seems silly, and it seems like a lot of fun, so I'm looking forward to this. I don't think that they've really announced a possible release date or even release... Thought, let me look at the article here really quick. Um, I haven't noticed anything about specific release dates yet either, but I haven't been paying as much attention. About this game, summary, genre, first-person shooter, it's a third-person. But, uh, yeah, it's not showing me when. Okay, so we, we have a while yet. Yeah. But you know what we don't have a while on? The PS4. The PS4 released last week. We talked about it, uh, you know, what we knew on day one. But now that we're a week away from from that, uh, we know a bit more. So Sony released the the well. They told us that uh, over one million units were sold in the U.S. and Canada in its first 24 hours, which is pretty good. Um, and we also know a little bit more about the hardware issues that are facing the PS4. So there's one where there's uh, a blinking blue light where the PS4, you know, won't send a signal to the TV because um, normally once it's uh, gotten the signal to the TV, it, the blue light turns white. Um, and this seems to be the most common problem that everybody has, um, and they have actually put up a troubleshooting guide for uh, for that issue. So you can see, uh, I, I think I have a link to that in here. Um, and so then, instead of the red ring of death, is it the blinky blue of death? Well, uh, so... Control-Alt-Delete has coined the term the blue dick punch of sadness, which is wonderful, and I want to call it that from now on. Um, Also, there are some PS4s that have uh, fans that don't turn on, and then they overheat and die. Um, And some units uh, also have problems ejecting disks from their disk drives. So you can, I believe you can still use, like, the manual, uh, you know, little... pinhole that you can pop things into and then the, the disc will pop out but uh, the PS4 seems to refuse to pop it out under normal circumstances um, and Sony also revised their, their statement about you know how, uh, how many units were affected and they now claim that the number is just under 1% of units 
which is up mm. from the like 0.4% of units that they told us on, on day one. Yeah. Oh, Shawnee. So still not too bad, but uh, no. yeah. Well, it's, here's hoping that if that we ever buy one, that never happens to us. <laughs> yeah, well, provided since we're not like day one buyers, hopefully these hardware issues will mostly be figured out and it'll be a freak of nature if we actually get one with a defect. Hopefully. Keyword, hopefully. Oh, well. Well, speaking of other living room commodities, games, entertainment things, um, so we've known for a while um, about Steam having this in-home streaming thing. Yeah, it sounds like the savior of Linux gaming. It, it, it does in some way. So what it lets you do is you can, um, through your home network, you can stream any game from any computer onto another thing that's connected to the inter- or that's connected to your network. Not even to the internet specifically, but to your network. Um, and so, I believe I believe it has to go through Steam for to do this. So any game that's on Steam. Yeah, obviously. But again, it, well, yeah, it's any game that's through Steam and well maybe. I mean, again, it, it, it doesn't use the internet at all for the streaming thing, which is one of the big things that they were talking about and really, really liking is that it just stays, the streaming is strictly through your home network. It's not at all through any internet source. Yeah. So, yeah. But I suppose it would make sense that they would still have to have the software to be able to read that stuff. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, and I mean, also, uh, it wouldn't make much sense for Valve to just go, all right, any application that you have, you know, uh, on your PC at all, you can stream to to the Steam box um, because they they do want to maintain you know some some control over their own ecosystem. Yeah, it'll be interesting yeah. to see if people can you know hack uh, Steam OS into accepting other games though because I mean it is an open an open system. Yeah, they're they're open sourcing all of the code, so maybe people will be able to get that to work. And you know that they've been wanting to make things hackable. Mm-hmm. In fact, they, exactly. they said that the Steam box was designed to be hackable, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if they, if they were anticipating that to be hacked. Now, um, what, what is the interesting little bit of information that we got this week that we didn't know before? About this. And this is also the only sad thing about the whole um, Steam in-home streaming thing, is that when the computer is playing the game, it can or the computer that is streaming the game is playing the game, that is the only thing that it can do. It cannot do anything else. It cannot download any other games. It cannot... Excuse me. No, it can't belch. cannot belch either. Um, but just... It it can only stream that game, which takes away a whole bunch of opportunities for you to maybe do stuff like get more games, or possibly... Or even... Yeah, I mean, like, if if you are... Uh, a parent, and you know, one of your kids is playing a game in the living room, and you want to still be using your computer to check your emails, or you know, write a word document, or whatever. Like, uh, and just have the computer that you're at be playing a game in the background, you know, uh, from from your perspective. But you know, from the kid's perspective, it's you know, completely just playing the game. That would be great, but yeah. uh, apparently, that's not an option. Too bad. So sad. Huh. I wonder which one of these is recent. I think this one was. Let's see. I think I got a little mixed. <laughs> I think I got mixed up when I was putting these things together. So I think you're next again, actually. Oh. Yep. Okay. Um. So yeah, you did get a little mixed up. 
All right, so everybody's favorite sexy game lady. I don't know what else would you would call her because I mean that was her uh, whole tally? thing was what? It's Tally, right? No, it's Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I like my women bad. So bad. Or maybe you're referring to Captain Jack Harkness, because I'd go for that. Joker. Anyway, um, actually, his bones wouldn't be big enough for me. Wow. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> that was weird even for me. I will I will openly admit that. That was weird even for me. So um, who are you talking about? So Laura Croft, um, who was known for uh, the main character in the Tomb Raider series, was um, recently, actually, uh, the fact that she has a sequel to the most recent Tomb Raider game has basically been announced and leaked in many ways, um, but not officially. What happened is Laura Croft Reflections uh, has been trademarked in both America and in Europe. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, that's really the only new thing about it is that it's been trademarked, it's been announced, that there is a sequel coming out, we know its name, uh, we know it's in development, but we have no idea anything other than that. Well, I hope that it's you know, even half as good as the uh, the 2013 Tomb Raider game because that was that was a wonderful game. Yes, and I will have a video card that is that is really <laughs> worthwhile of taking on this task. Ooh, maybe so, video card and. Speaking of having video cards worth uh, up to a task, the guys over at PC Gamer have decided to build themselves yeah, the most good. powerful gaming PC humanly possible, just because they can. <laughs> So they've named this thing the Large Pixel Collider, and they are rocking four SLI'd NVIDIA Titans. Titans. Because apparently quadruple SLI'ing things is a thing. I had no idea that you could do this before now. They uh, put in uh, an i7-4960X, 64 gigabytes of RAM, and pretty much everything else that you could think of to put in a, t- uh, in a money-is-no-object setup. Um, Time to change your underwear. Oh my gosh! They they've got this whole thing uh, uh, liquid cooled. Uh, they've got more. The, the the line that they use in their video is they have more fans than Justin Bieber. <laughs> yes. Um, and they're going to use it specifically to record gameplay at the highest resolutions possible with the highest settings possible. And the best part is that they're going to be continually evolving it as technology progresses. So they might not even have the Titans in there for very long. I mean, who knows? Maybe they might like put in some uh, 780 Ti's in there next. It'll be gorgeous, regardless. Oh my gosh! Again, gentlemen, prepare to change your pants. <laughs> and ladies too. So the the first video that I've seen that they recorded using that was uh, I think it was Arma 3 with all of the with all the settings at maximum, uh, at like 1440p. That's pretty good. Yeah. I'm surprised that they didn't go more, because, I mean, it's clearly possible with that setup. Like, they're talking about doing 4K. Yeah. And, I mean, they'll, they have the technology to do it, and do it so wonderful. I wish we had a budget. Yes. I wish we did, too. Hey, well, we might be able to. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Say no more. <laughs> Say no more! Again, uh, we need to talk on the fringe. I wasn't able to get a hold of him this week because the info that I was sent didn't actually include his contact info. Nice. So <laughs> I will be sending him an email probably tonight. 
and we will see what he oh, says. Oh, and also, while I'm thinking about this, uh, Ryan somehow got at the Nexus onto iTunes, so all of you Apple uh, iOS users, you can now go and subscribe to that easily through your uh, little podcasting app. That's cool. Is it been on there now? Uh, no, I don't think he submitted that yet, but we'll, we'll have to talk to him when he gets back on the fringe. He'll have to start labeling things as NSFW. Because <laughs> we're not going to stop swearing or making innuendos. Oh, of course not. Well, this is the innuendo show. Mm-hmm. And you know what's the innuendo game? Is it the one that I'm talking about next? Yeah, I'm tr- setting you up for a segue. Oh, fine. I guess I'll have to lean forward. And you know, the, the hand gestures? That's what they mean. <laughs> the hands. The hands, the hands. The best name in the game is the hands. Because our listeners can totally see your hands moving. That was the <laughs> point. I was using the hands so the listeners wouldn't see it, and oh, you weren't you were. getting it. Oh, my gosh. I, I told you it's been a long week. And, and now they know how inept we are. Well, not, not we, just me. There's a big difference there. No, I suppose. But not really. We've talked about this actually a couple times this week, that we are really one and the same person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except that kissing Sarah is my job. Mm. I, I think I can handle restraining myself. You better. But can Sarah? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> what if I take off my shirt? She's seen me shirtless, bro. And then there's no going back? <laughs> oh, you know it. <laughs> talk about the thing that you were going to talk about. <laughs> oh, boy. So, Buckface and mine's favorite game, I think, so far to play together, is Borderlands 2. I would say that's that's a fair assessment. It's goofy, it's silly, it's... we spend about half as much time killing... Th- or we, we spend about half of our time killing things, quarter of our time arguing, and the other quarter of our time <laughs> laughing. Um, <laughs> it's a lot better than that Call of Duty game that you tried to get me to play on Wii co-op. Yeah, well, I mean, there's only so much when you can do when all you are is a floating cursor. Yeah, that was terrible. It's like, here, have a floating gun. So what do you got to say about Borderlands 2? Borderlands 2, Borderlands 2, Borderlands 2, that's all I have to say. No, um, we have a confirmation of, actually, and a release of its second Headhunter DLC, um, and, which is called The Horrible Hunger of the Ravenous Waddle Gobbler, um, which is, in case you couldn't guess by that name, very much so Thanksgiving-themed. Um, so it says, The pack follows the story of a Hunger Games-style tournament held in Pandora and hosted by Mr. Torg. The contest, which involves trying to take down the fierce Waddle Gobbler, is rigged, and the player has to poison the Waddle Gobbler to weaken it and win the tournament once and for all. Um, so it follows the first Headhunter pack, TK Baja's Bloody Harvest, which is Halloween-themed. Um, and as I said, it's also th- targeting this one particularly for Thanksgiving. Um... Oh, and apparently it hints also that there will be a third Headhunter pack. Um, How Marcus Christmas. Saved the Mercenary Day will be released in December. Oh, nice. Oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. We have How the Grinch Stole Christmas. You know, it's too bad that we're not going to be playing any of these on the actual holidays that they're, like, for. Yeah. Yay, sucky home internet. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, no, I mean uh, us not being uh, caught up on the game at all by any Oh, yeah, means. that's it. Oh, Oh well. So you know what's you know what's one of my favorite parts of this job? 
is finding hilarious. Well, uh, that's the that's the first favorite thing. This is Aww. this is the second favorite thing. Uh, the second favorite thing is finding amusing trailers to share with people. Uh, so I found this one for Fighter Within, and uh, it, according to this trailer, it's okay if you want to punch your friends as long as you only punch them in video games. It's okay to be decay. <laughs> it's always okay to be decay. Um, in this case, I think it, it it's okay to be Norris. With Norris. Chuck Norris. Oh, sorry. I was thinking with of the like the punching people things. I was thinking of Mrs. Norris from Harry Potter. Anyway, but we're not gonna we're not gonna watch uh the the trailer here. So go and hit that link. because uh, the audio isn't really isn't really worth it. I suppose I don't have time to watch between now and when I'm talking next to you. Probably not. Damn. Oh well. Make sure to get that in there. Um. Oh dear. There we go. That's what I'm the sacrifices at. that we make for the sake of the show. I know, right? Um. Okay. So. Um. Oh yeah. So a game that's been called, or that is called Raven's Cry, um, has recently had its release date announced. Now, just going off that name alone, what do you think that the game is about? Raven's Cry. Gothic people. And you would be very wrong. Oh. I mean, yay. <laughs> It's not goths, but rather something infinitely better that kicks any and all ninjas' asses. Pirates? Pirates. Yay! And not only is it a regular, or not or not only is it a pirate game, but it's an MMORPG. Oh, interesting. Um, let's see. Uh, actually, it, ooh, it might not even... Scratch that. I'm not even sure if it's an MMORPG. I think it might just be it's strictly an RPG, so a first-person game single-person game which follows the story of a pirate. Um, his main name is Christopher, um, surname being Raven, so Christopher Raven. Um, oh, it's set in an open world. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, guessing that this isn't, I'm guessing that this isn't going to be an MMO because I don't think that every single player can play as Christopher Raven. No, no. It's single-player. Pardon my slip of folks. Um, definitely single-player, but uh, like most MMO or like most RPGs nowadays, it's boasting big world, um, bunch of skill trees that let you build up and play the game your way. Um, Who's making this? Uh, uh, Reality Pump. I the guys that did Two Worlds. Two Worlds. Two Worlds. Which one's that one? I don't recognize that. Um, I believe it's another RPG. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Or Topware. Topware. Sorry. Isn't it? Okay, interesting. Topware. Looking up Topware on Wikipedia. Um, game publisher. They've been around since, wow, 95. They're in Germany. Fun, fun, fun. Uh, notable games are... Man, it's, we're so prepared for this. Chicken Shoot. What? If you remember hearing about that game. No. I think it was put as one of the worst video games of all time. No, that was the zombie game that I'm thinking of, I think. Um, two Worlds, uh, X-Blades. Um, yeah, definitely Two Worlds is going to be its biggest title that's been out. So go look that up. Looks kind of interesting. I mean, pirate-based RPG. And they are for sure going to have ships in there as well. And ship. Well, they um, better. I mean, war. it wouldn't be pirates without ships. So... So, um, you remember Black Mesa, right? Uh, they're the guys that 
Institute that founded Aperture Science, right? Well, yes, in universe, Black Mesa. Uh, wait, no, no, Black Mesa and Aperture Science were rivals. Wow, you got me there. Um, <laughs> now, in in our universe, Black Mesa was a source mod uh, that brought the original Half Life into the source engine, uh, much you know, doing a much much better job than the Half Life source, uh, you know, official game did, um, and. So that came out over a year ago, but they they haven't you know finished making all of the levels yet. So only only like two thirds of the game is there right now. Um, and this week they announced that Valve has given them the opportunity to release a full retail version of the game on Steam. Now don't worry, they will still be doing work on the free version of the game. Um, but and and so buying the buying the paid version is more about you know supporting the team financially um, because. Obviously, you know, they put a lot of work into this, and so, I mean, from the comments uh, on, on that thread, it seems like there are a lot of people who are happy to support the team. Yeah. Myself included. Yeah. Wait, there's a free version of this? Yeah. It's been out for over a year, dude. Uh, no, I thought that it was a paid version, that, uh, that the Black Mesa source was a paid thing. Nope. Nope. Ooh. It's a free mod Ooh. Ooh. that you can go and get and play already. Ooh. Ooh. I love blowing your mind. I don't have time for this, though. With things that you should already know. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> Throw that up there as one of the possible titles. <laughs> I love blowing your mind with things you already know. Anyway, um, but so with things that you probably don't know, but kind of remember, I don't know, um, Planet Side 2 is actually having its first birthday. My little boy is all grown up. Um, so... Uh, what it's doing for its first birthday is it's actually having a contest um, where what you can do is, let's see, oh, best in-game player stories. You can submit those. Um, oh, apparently over just in Europe. Dang. Still looks really interesting, though, but you can submit those, and they are, out of all the best game or, or in-game player stories, they're going to make a graphic novel. Oh, cool. So if I was in Europe, I'd definitely be, hop on, be hopping on there and throwing together as many good stories as I possibly could. But I wonder why they have that limitation. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. <laughs> I mean, stories are stories. It's not like they're going to be copyright issues with something that somebody claims happened to them in a game, right? I don't even know. I mean, yeah. Region blocking and... is weird. Yeah. And they've got other stuff, too, that's available for everyone. So what you can do is you can actually buy um, a special anniversary bundle, um, which gives you hardware and buffs for a reduced price. So um, the pack is about 40 bucks. You get a six-month, 50 experience um, point boost, which is worth about 50 bucks itself, um, as well as three Platinum Empire-specific rocket launchers. Pardon me. And let's see, nine different weapons. So, I mean, you can go on and do more things that aren't region-locked, but the free thing, the really cool thing, is region-locked, unfortunately. It's not here. Dang. That blows. Time to move to Scotland. <sighs> so, <laughs> I'm taking Sarah with me. Um, all right. You Have you talked to her about this? No. She's outside sleeping. At, well, she's in the living room taking a nap on the couch. I can go in dark. To her okay. Say, so, hey, Sarah, we're moving to Scotland right now. Grab your things. <laughs> Let's go. No time to explain. Get on my horse. 
<gasps> Quickly, hop on my back. No time to explain. <laughs> Mount me. I am your horse. Yes. So, oh my god. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> but it happened. So, can you think of anything that would be more perfect than a Game of Thrones game from Telltale? Apparently... Um, game of Thrones game from Bioware? Uh... Oh, that's a really tough decision. <laughs> oh, man, that is a tough decision. Especially, especially since uh, Mass Effect 3 and The Walking Dead were my two favorite games of last year, and I like oh, I, I was really hard-pressed to decide which one I liked more. Or Bethesda. I haven't played much from them, so uh, I'm not so beholden to them yet. How much Morrowind have you played? I thought you played a lot of Morrowind. About ten minutes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I that was did more it. than ten minutes. No, I oh. I didn't have any time that summer to play it, unfortunately. Um, well, Skyrim is worth playing. I I know, but I don't own it yet. Um, yet. I will I will once I play through Morrowind and Oblivion. Don't worry. Um, Maybe I'll do that as a uh, as like a Christmas gift or something like that. Cool. But anyway, so apparently a couple of unnamed sources told IGN that uh, there's a Game of Thrones game from Telltale in the pipeline, but. Telltale has nothing official to say on the topic right now. Um, there are certainly a lot of stories to be told in that universe, so I think that if they did the same thing that they did with you know, The Walking Dead, where instead of telling the same story as, as the books or you know, the TV show, uh, they can just tell some other story that happens in the same universe, but you know, isn't necessarily, doesn't, doesn't show up in the other stories, that would be, that would be really cool. Well, that's probably what they'll end up having to do. I mean, Telltale is based on decision-making and how those decisions affect the story that you make. So, I mean, yeah. in order to be able to do that and have something that's somewhat true to what's going on, um, because, I mean, the game is going to be a story-based game, I'd be willing to bet you money that. Um, but again, if they want to be able to do the way that they usually do their games, they're going to have to break away from what would be the set the set storyline from the books, which could end up pissing a lot of people off if they uh, go with that particular storyline. So they, yeah, same oh, universe yeah. is what I'm betting. Same universe, but as you were saying, same, well, as you were saying too, same universe, um, different set of characters. And I, I certainly hope that uh, Telltale does a better t uh, job than, you know, the previous developers who have made Game of Thrones games because from what I've heard, all of those ones were pretty much crap. Yeah. That's what I've heard, too. And, it, I mean, it's Telltale. They make good games. Period. No worries. All right. So, um, speaking of cinematics and stories and whatnot, um, probably what was one of my favorite games a couple years ago, and still is in many ways one of my favorite games, so I haven't picked it up in a long time, um, Team Fortress 2. The epitome of goofiness and epicness all kind of rolled into one. Um, if you remember, a few years ago, they came out with, um, I believe it was the Valve, no, the Source Filmmaker tool. Yes. And so what Valve did as a result was they decided to hold a, a contest for making your videos using the Source Filmmaker tool all in Team Fortress 2 called, um, called the Saxy Awards. Um, and I mean... Hey, it has the word sax in the name. What's to, what can go wrong with it? Um, and there's there's several categories per usual. There's stuff like uh, best drama, best comedy, best 
the most ridiculous moment in the entire game. Um, <laughs> um, and it's and I, just, I think there's a YouTube video up that uh, that has all of the award winners from last year. Yeah, and they're all incredibly good. There's there's a couple actually the drama ones can get incredibly intense sometimes. There's a couple where it's just like oh god, and there's admittedly. I, I think the one about the engineer and his turret actually came close to making me cry the first time I watched it if I didn't cry. It's it's weird saying that, that a turret can make you cry, other than from pain. Oh, um, no, I mean, I, I love my technology. I'm very emotionally attached to it. Anyway, but so Valve um, has announced these are going to be starting again. Um, so go and... Do, do um, we get to vote on those or it's, not? The, it's, oh, it's nice. It's all community votes. Oh, nice. So the community decides which one's best, which one's worst, and whatnot. Um, so go on, vote, and they've already got a few um, a few videos up, like the little guardian pyro, which has plushy pyros. And... Yeah. Yeah. Plushy you, pyros. You just want to give it a hug. Plushy spot. Well, I don't know. It has a giant... And then it was that you want fire coming out of its crotch. I don't really think I'd want to give it a hug. Oh boy. Um, okay. Chasing outwards, mind you. <laughs> wow, this reminds me of that D and D campaign. So other <laughs> way, bro. <laughs> Not unless you. Well, maybe if you were snuffy, but anyway. yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so speaking of TF2, they also just came out with the Two Cities update. Uh, it brings some new maps and goodies to the Man vs. Machine mode. So Manhattan and Rottenburg are the two new cities. Yeah, and uh, that's actually the city apparently where the medic is from. And the medic is getting a whole slew of new abilities. He can revive fallen enemies, he can activate a shield, and he can shoot mad milk syringes. I'm not sure what the last one means, but I want it. Yes, I'm I'm going to start reading about this because I the medic for a long time has been needing a good revamp. And mm-hmm. as always, they, they put out a new trailer showing the medic kicking some butt yeah. to go along with the update. Um, oh, wow. It looks like... Um, yeah, it looks like these are just items that you'll have to craft. Um, but yeah, Mad Milk Syringes, Projectile Shield, and the Reanimator. Um, now, for the record, what a Mad Milk Syringe... Do you guys know what Mad Milk does? Nope. Um, it's one of the scouts' things. You can chuck it, and if it hits someone when it bursts, any damage that you do to them will heal you back for a percentage of that. Oh, nice. So, so basically, you turn into something that lets you shoot out syringes that... Actually, this could be ridiculously good. Syringes that um, let your teammates basically heal themselves. Um, obviously, reviving people from the dead is always good. And um, it's a projectile shield, so it blocks... Lots of things giving you those crucial moments to sit there and then just plow through enemies. Mm-hmm. With guns, lots of guns, make Marcus proud. So, I need to play more Team Fortress 2. Unfortunately, Team Fortress 2 has kind of become my, uh, whenever I get items in Team Fortress 2, I sell them on the market uh, for money to get Steam trading cards. Mm, yeah. I should see how much some of these things are selling for. I'm, I'm such a gold digger. Just thought you should know. I'm not saying that last word on this show. <laughs> Why should go and talk about League of Legends? Sounds good to me. Um, so, League of Legends, I know that we've talked in the past about um, the preseason for um, Season 4 and some of the updates that it has. 
Now, this past week, all those updates went live, and I am super stoked for a lot of them. Um, so the biggest changes that they had were to the jungle and to the support role. Uh, with the support role, there's... Um, well, let's see. They now have a bonus item that everyone actually gets a slot for, and it's a free item, and it's all about vision. So some of them give you the ability to find any um, stealth items in the area. Some of them give you a free ward that lasts for a little while, and some of them, or one of them gives you um, basically sight in an area a certain distance away. And so it's getting everyone in the game involved in the sight um, and the vision war, basically, I guess would be the best thing to call it. Um, and there's a lot more support items that focus on getting support gold and letting the support actually, you know, play a little bit more other than just, oh, I'm going to put a ward here, and then, oh, God, i got to run away, and oh, there's another ward here, but oh, God, i got to run away. Um, because the support role was, in all honesty, getting really, really, really shafted um, in terms of game pl gameplay and what all they could do. Gameplay! Yes. <laughs> oh, it's so fabulous! Couple that um, with your use of the word shafted. Perfect. <laughs> um, but actually, so my favorite thing that recently came out is, and this is still in beta there, I think they're just trying it out to see how it works. We talked about this a little while ago. There's something called the all-for-one mode, where a team, or each team, picks one champion, and all five players on that team plays that one champion. Um, and it's actually really, really nice in many ways because you get to play champions that you don't actually own and that aren't necessarily free. Um, so, like, I played a game where we had five brands all on the same team. So uh, it was which, kind of which one is that one? Which champion is that? Um, let's see, Brand... I, I'm not sure if you, you were still playing when Brand came out. Um, Brand is basically a magma guy. His passive is that... Um, he does damage, or all of his abilities do extra damage over time um, that whittles away a percentage of the enemy's health. Um, and that lasts for a few seconds. And then, let's see, he has one that shoots out a fireball skill shot, um, one that shoots out a skill shot where the ground underneath basically erupts in fire, and then another one um, just centers a blast on an area. Um, and if you have anything that's, let's see... Um, Oh, and then his ultimate ability shoots out a giant lava bolt that bounces up to five times between enemy targets. So it gets to be kind of ridiculous with the amount of damage that this guy can do. And when you've got five of them all at once. Yes. Um, actually, we lost that one, um, sadly. There were several... Actually, there were some better g games that went better, but... Um, I mean, when you have en er, champions that rely on activating passives, so like that Blaze brand's passive... All of his abilities, when they hit, have additional things based on when you're hitting when that person is underneath that blaze thing. So, like, his, his skill shot fireball, if you hit them and they, they're blazed, it actually stuns them. Um, the one that makes the ground erupt underneath their feet does 25% more damage. And, the, let's see, the burst makes it so that everyone else gets um, around them gets set on fire. So, it's just... It gets to be absolutely ridiculous when you have five of the same champion that's building off of that champion's strengths. Um, and in all honesty, it actually looks feels like the game is very much so weighted towards um, tanky champions in many ways. Because every game that I've won so far, I have played with tanks. Hmm. And we have won with tanks. 
or I have lost against some really nasty tanks. Like I went up against a team of five Amumus. <laughs> you remember the mummy, right? Yep, yep, the crying one. The crying mummy. So for those of you who don't know, he has a stun ability, which shoots out a bandage, and he get, jumps to him and stuns them. Um, and then his ultimate ability, everyone in a certain radius around him gets rooted and stunned. So oh, if wow. you can imagine five of these guys, the enemy team will never be able to move. And he does he does a bunch of damage that is, for the most part, damage over time based on excuse me, maximum health. So if you get five of these guys really close to you, you will die in a matter of seconds. Because mummy. Um, nice. So there's that one. Uh, Riven, five Rivens is ridiculous. Um, I actually had my first legitimate pentakill that game. Oh, wow. That Wait. felt good. Huh, you've been playing for this for a while. Yeah. Um, Are pentakills really that rare? Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Um, who else? Mundo. Mundo! Five purple guys with lots of health. I don't care who you're playing. You're not going to be able to kill them all. <laughs> when I can pop my ultimate and start restoring <clears throat> excuse me, 300 health every second. That sounds like a lot. Yeah. Wait, that sounds like a ton. Holy yeah. cow. Sorry, 350 health. That's ridiculous. Because Mundo. <laughs> Mundo! Um, but so it's, it's absolutely ridiculous and a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm very, very happy with how League is going. Actually, you know what should happen? Is after we're done with this, you and I should hop on and play one game mode of All for One. Oh, I wanted to play Borderlands. Just one of All for One? Uh, if I, we must, okay. Then I should probably get doing some homework. I haven't had a chance to do that all weekend. Are you kidding me? You're going to abandon me after you use me. Yes. Wow. That's what this relationship has come to. All right, fine. We'll play some. We'll... we'll uh, fine. <laughs> we'll do some of each. Awesome. So, John Carmack is a name that you might not recognize, but he's been involved in game development for quite a while. He, uh, he co-founded id, id Software. And until recently, he was their technical director. And he stepped down this week so that he could focus on his role as the chief technical officer on the Oculus Rift. So at least he hasn't left the industry. Hmm. And actually, to me, working on the Oculus Rift sounds like a, a lot more interesting than working, you know, at a game developer on game after game. Yep. Yep. So what happened this week that was, uh, that was big? I got to sleep in? No. Really, actually. No. Not with you, but with the world, and the gaming world in general. And the gaming world. Well, we just went over a whole bunch of headlines. I mean, there's got to be something there. Look below them in the main topic that I'm segueing into. What? There was another console release. Oh, there's released. a review for Disparity for Rise. Oh, oh. my goodness. No. <laughs> Quit trolling me now. All right, fine. Um, the... The final new gen console has been released. <laughs> yep. Xbox so, One. I guess it's out. it's current gen now, since uh, they're all here. And uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, so obviously Xbox One uh, can't come out without having a few hardware issues as well. Um, the one that I have read about is that some of their consoles have been making rapid clicking sounds when the disc is loaded, and then they don't run the disc. And uh, I, I really hope that they're not damaging the discs when that happens, because that would be terrible. Yeah. 
having to get a replacement console and then also having to go and uh, get a new version of the game. Um, probably bug them to get refunded for the game, maybe. too. Yeah. If it destroys um, the game. We still hope, I, anyway. I have no idea, like, how many units this is affecting, you know, what percentage or anything. I haven't yeah. seen any numbers on that. But the thing that I have seen numbers on is that the Xbox One also sold over 1 million units on its launch day. Um, and actually, this so this is a, a worldwide number. So um, Sony, you know, sold a million units in the U.S. and Canada, and then the Xbox One sold a million units in total. So we'll see. We'll have to see how many units the PS4 sells once it's out in other regions. Yeah. It looks like Sony's going to win the race for this one. Uh, yeah. By far. At least now, for now. Yeah. Who knows with what sorts of games might be coming out. The Xbox One said that it wasn't going to be focusing on games, right? Well, no. So the the Xbox One is also meant as just your all-in-one entertainment machine, which I so suspect is why they called it the Xbox One. So it's copying Sony? No. No? What are you talking about? No, because the the PS4, they have literally just been focusing on games, and that's all that they've been pushing. And, huh. you know, you can't just plug your cable box into it in order to watch TV at the same time as playing games. Okay. I thought you, you know? could do that on, like, the PS3, though. No. Stuff like that. Well, similar stuff, because I remember not that... Not at the same time. Okay, not at the same time. Fair enough. Um, and I mean, so the and the Xbox One also has tons and tons of like you know the voice command features and everything that the PS4 has just completely ignored because all they're doing is games and that's all that they care about. Um, and so obviously for people like us who don't even own a television, uh, buying a, an Xbox One as an entertainment device makes zero sense. PC. Yep. Um, so for us, it's all about the games and just like the the PS4. I haven't seen any launch day titles that I'm really compelled to, you know, go out and play. Um, you know, what have they what have they got so far? They've got uh, they've got some racing game, and they've got the Dead Rising three, and they've got you know Rise Son of Rome, and none of those really looked like uh, they were games that I really wanted to play. Like I probably wouldn't be buying them even if they were on PC. Xbox One games. Looking on Best Buy for Xbox One games. Call of Duty Ghost. Well, okay. Aside from, you know, the obvious multi-platform games that are on everything. Ass Creed 4. I mean, I've heard that the Dead Rising series is really good. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like it's not like a game that I go, oh my gosh, I have to play that. That's true. I can get my zombies in, you know, with The Walking Dead. I found one that you cannot go without living. Oh, really? And not playing. Zoo Tycoon. Lego Marvel Superhero. Oh. But that's on everything. <gasps> Such game. Much impress. So passion. Wow. <laughs> Destiny. Um, so, oh, wait, well, that's not out yet. No, that's not out, but that's also going to be on PS4. Rating pending. Why does Best Buy have it up already? Well, stop looking on Best Buy. Look at the actual Wikipedia article about Xbox One games. Wow. Yeah. I'll just stop looking. Anyway. Wow, um, such idiot. Much, much dip dot. <laughs> Easy for you to say. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about myself. So, good, uh, good, good news. I found somebody who uh, actually got an Xbox One, and that would be Martin Worley Myers. Uh, he's going to be joining us next weekend uh, on the show. Hopefully, we'll all be in studio, so that'll be a fun time. Yeah. How um, old is Martin? 
What do you mean, how old is he? He's our age. I don't know if he's 21 yet. Oh, no, you are not thinking of... Chatterbox, afterwards. Okay. Uh, is what I'm yeah, thinking. that would be fun. Um, <laughs> so, are you ready for a couple of reviews from me, from yours? I'm, I'm, I'm ready, 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 ready. That's good. Um, so, as I said last weekend, uh, I played Burial at Sea, um, but we didn't have enough time last weekend for me to review it. So, here it is. Um, Burial at Sea is the DLC for um, Bioshock Infinite that takes us all the way back to Rapture. Um, so I'll try not to give spoilers uh, because the the whole concept behind this DLC hinges entirely on the ending of uh, Bioshock Infinite. So mm. if you haven't finished Bioshock Infinite, it won't make much sense to you, you know, why Booker and Elizabeth are in Rapture. Um, but there you go, they're in Rapture, and they don't seem to know each other yet. Um, because Booker is working as a private eye uh, in Rapture, and this is the day before the revolution happens. This is, uh, you know, December 21st, 1959. Um, so my favorite part of the DLC was getting to walk around in Rapture and see people, you know, just hanging out uh, in, this, in this big public area where there are all these shops and listening to people talk, you know, rumors, gossip about, about Ryan versus, uh, versus Fontaine, and um, Fontaine. Yeah, he's a, he's one of the characters in uh, that in I Bioshock One that I gets talked about. Well, you know about Fontaine though, because he was the smuggler who got taken out by Ryan before you even got there in Bioshock One. I don't remember this. He ran Fontaine Industries. Oh my goodness, haven't you been paying attention? No. Anyway, um, it's been a while since I've played the game. No killing. Okay. Um. But so so um, thematically, there are a lot of things that are similar. Um, between Bioshock Infinite and and this DLC, uh, because you know Booker is is trying to you know he's searching for a girl. Um, they talk a lot about settling debts, stuff like that. Um, and also, um, what was I going for there? I don't know what I was yeah. talking about. <laughs> um, you played the game, not me. I I can't follow your train of thought that easily. Wait, have you have you not played the the core game at all? Infinite. Yeah. I finished Bioshock Infinite. Okay, okay, good. So you're just talking about the DLC. And the dream that I had that one day? Oh, yeah. To the ending? Oh, yeah, that's right. That is, yeah, that is an interesting parallel. Um, I am Booker. <laughs> oh, gosh, I hope not. Um, I mean that Sarah is Elizabeth? I mean, her middle name is no, Elizabeth. What? No, no, it, no. Oh, wait, no, God, no. That means she was... Yeah, no, no, no sh- don't spoil anything. Um, <laughs> no, never mind. So... After you get to, you know, walk around there for a while um, and, you know, not have to kill anything, then, you know, you get sent to an area of uh, Rapture where there are enemies and stuff. And and this, this is like an area of Rapture that has been sunk below the rest of Rapture where all of these splicers have kind of been trapped because... Uh, um, yeah, so, so the combat is pretty darn similar to the core game. Uh, you know, you... You have, you know, your your plasmids and your, um, you know, your weapons, and they even bring the skyhook into it. Except that in this one, they're called air grabbers. Um, and one one nice addition is that you can actually carry all of the weapons that you find. Uh, you're not limited to two, um, which I I knew about, but I couldn't figure out how to switch <laughs> the weapons, except for you know between the two that I had equipped at the time. Hint. It's holding down the weapon switching button, and then it'll come up with a menu that lets you pick which one you want to switch to. Um, 
it's not very long. It's only it's only a couple hours, and so actually there aren't there aren't very many uh, different weapons that you get. Like you only get the carbine and the Tommy gun and the pistol, and they also introduce they introduce this mi- microwave gun that basically cooks the people alive, which is really kind of gruesome but really cool. It's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, and then you know the, the plasmids are uh, nothing that we haven't seen before. Um, I think. Boy. The freezing one was was not in uh, Bioshock Infinite, but it was in the original Bioshock. Um, and oh my gosh, the ending of the DLC—such cliffhanger, so drama! Uh, wow! If you didn't like the ending of Bioshock, so the ending—holy cow! Like when. The ending happened. I literally just like swore at the monitor because I was so. You okay? So. <laughs> I okay. So Declan's Declan's theory here is that Google doesn't want me talking about the ending. <laughs> so how about we mention that and then continue on with the show? Mention what? That Google, that Declan, or that you've cut out a couple times now, and that Declan's theory is that Google does not want you talking about the ending. We, we must comply to a supreme Google overlord. I can't not talk about the ending because the ending is like the make it or break it for this. Okay, so. If it happens one more time, I'm it, If it does, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> so, oh my god. <laughs> time like it, it just showed me like the little green like squiggly thing and I thought that you had kicked me out <laughs> okay. I think what if we pop in with like Ryan's voice here and just say like beep attention listeners apparently Google Hangouts did not want Ian talking about the endings <laughs> okay I'm laughing okay so if you want to know whether or not you should buy this DLC, uh, think about think back to the ending of Bioshock Infinite, and if you did not enjoy that, then do not enjoy then then you will not enjoy this one. So if you if you appreciated the ending of Bioshock Infinite, if it made you think, you know, um, then totally buy this one because holy cow, it was crazy um, and very much along the same kind of thematic lines. Um, Yay! Google didn't kick you out. Yay! I I managed to say it. Um, so I I definitely enjoyed it a lot. Um, and I I think Declan enjoyed it too. He bought it as well. Um, and so yes, I I mean I personally would recommend it to other people, but obviously not everybody is me. So. Oh dang it. 
so I guess. So maybe Google just doesn't. Want no, no, to no. Do that one was actually my fault. That was my fault. I thought I was in the other window and I hit Control W. So moving on to my second um, review this weekend. Which it, it cuts out again. No, it's not going to because it has no problem with contrast. But I have a lot of problems with contrast. So contrast was this um, very promising indie game that. Um, you know, it came out for uh, PC, and it's actually one of the PS4's launch titles. Um, so we were all really excited for it. It's it's a platformer where the 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 twist, you know, in it was that you can uh, switch between being a 3D, you know, physical person to being a shadow on the wall, and then you can use the shadows that are thrown on the wall by objects in the environment as platforming, you know, elements. And so a lot of the puzzles and stuff involve you moving objects around to cast their shadows on different spots on the walls so that you can um, so that you can get to, to different areas. Oh yeah, it looked now, gorgeous. Yeah, it looked gorgeous. It had a really cool um, art style. It was set in like this kind of uh, ni- I get, I, not really 1920s, but you know, got 20th century kind of jazzy um, setting. Bioshock Infinity esque, almost. Um, this looks like a place that would be so. out of, straight out of like um, like Rapture or hmm. uh, the place um, in. Um, but yeah, so on paper yeah. it sounds great, and I was super excited for this game. And then I played it, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, why am I playing this? Why is this so bad?" The platforming, which is basically all you do, you all you do in this game is puzzle puzzle platforming. The platforming was terrible. It was atrocious. Um, there, you know, there were tons of times when I would just get like stuck for no reason. Um, the character animations, like, uh, if 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 I wasn't doing something that the game was expecting, she would just kind of stand there with her arms straight out, like, like, what is this? I am robots. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, some of the levels were just so frustrating. I don't want to ever see a carousel ever again. It was, oh gosh. Um, the story was eh, so-so. It had to do with, you know, a, a family that is um, uh, being torn apart by, you know, the, the father's inability to, you know, not get to get money without doing, like, shady deals and stuff, and he's kind of gotten himself um, uh, uh, involved with the wrong people. Um, and it kind of seems like it's always up to Dee Dee, uh, the, their daughter, to fix everything. And, you know, oh, you... Dee Dee! It's my laboratory. <laughs> Actually, I th- I think it may have supposed. To... Well, at least we'll all be in the studio next weekend. <laughs> what was I talking about? Something about. Con- All right, well, folks, I apologize. We seem to be having some technical difficulties. Uh, the the university network over at the U of M Morris, where Ian Buck is, seems to be failing, and so he's having trouble connecting and staying connected to our show long enough in order to be able to make any comments, <laughs> for the most part. Um, so if you hear some skips and whatnot in the previous um, parts of the episode, that's why, that's what's been happening for the last what, 15, 20 minutes or so? Um, so, Buck asked me to inform you all that um, his final closing remarks for contrast is that he doesn't recommend it for any money at all. 
Um, I will hop over to his... Let's see. On the bottom of his blog, he says, In a lot of ways, I am glad the game only took three hours. I wish I could recommend Contrast, because it has the makings of a cool, unique indie game, but it just wasn't made well at all. Don't buy it. So, sad day that that's not necessarily the way things turned out, but, I mean, we make mistakes and we learn from them, so hopefully the company will be able to make some revamps and maybe come out with a sequel if they're able to get enough funding. Who knows? We'll see. So... Signing off for both myself and Mr. Buck, I'm Ian Decker, that was my best friend Mr. Ian Buck, and this is 8-Bit, everybody. Thank you all for listening. like it's like we're all like synchronized with our pooping schedules now and it's not a good thing women synchronized with their periods guys synchronized with their poops we discovered this last year in aquatics <laughs> you people are messed up just so you know <laughs> <laughs>